Hello everyone, Mitigarang brings to you a series of interactive sessions over Zoom with the help of which we aim to bring social change, responsibility amongst youth and introduce you to people from various domains to let you find your vibe. Today, we have with us Sri Shubhimal Bhattacharji, a well-known columnist and technology policy advisor. He was a successful young country head of the top US defense corporation General Dynamics in India. Currently, he is the CEO of Codot Advisory and Director of the Socio-Cultural Organization Jukta. He is also an editorial board member of the Cyber Journal of Chatham House London. He is a globally acclaimed expert on cyber defense and body technology issues and a speaker and columnist on cyber security defense and national security issues. Being a former expert for UN agencies and Global Commission on Cyberspace, today we will be having a conversation on importance of cybersecurity and discipline. So, the recent pandemic, the COVID-19 has shown how the dependency on uh, technology has increased, how much of work from home is happening, how much of entertainment from home is happening, how much of online classes are happening, and on top of it, uh, how much of uh, online shopping is happening. So suddenly in no time, uh, even people who have been averse to doing all these activities online have uh, adjusted themselves or forced themselves upon doing these activities online and uh, are uh, getting adept day by day and it involves every age group uh, from the kids in school right up to the elderly gentleman or the lady at home so there is a wide demographic uh, community that has to be covered various age groups and in all of that one aspect that comes out to be very important is that everyone has to be safe and secure. Online activities are definitely uh, very, very useful. It gives a lot of uh, scope to do things uh, in a very quick way, in almost a trusted way. But uh, very many times abuses are there and uh, one needs to be very, very careful. So that's where the importance of uh, cyber security uh, comes up. You know, this is the 25th year of internet or public internet in India. Precisely 15th August 1995, public internet came to India. And uh, we, we are just about, uh, you know, 10, 12 days away from celebrating that milestone date. And when I look back, because I was initiated to the internet uh, from that day itself. So this journey of uh, 25 years in this country has been phenomenal. We could never imagine the extent of uh, work, uh, the extent of activity that happens uh, through the internet. But also at the same time, and what we have seen is that cyber crimes have also increased manifold. So one needs to be very, very careful one needs to follow some basic protocols of uh, safety and security while being on the internet. Yes, uh, so 
what are the basic steps they must follow while being online in case of security purpose yeah so first and foremost you know if you look at the activities that you are doing today now let us assume you know uh, some of the vulnerable groups say women and children uh, let us also assume the elderly people against whom a lot of uh, cyber crimes are also happening so anyone who is on the internet generally to each and every activity that you do you need a certain access to go to that uh, particular platform or website or app whatever you call and whatever form you get now i am right now connected through my ipad my laptop is close by my iphones are all close by and I also have a digital screen uh, you know here in my office now, all of these devices of different shapes and sizes in the eyes of the law they are known as communicative devices so a mobile a laptop a, any size maybe you know even that ipad anything that is able to communicate are seen as a similar kind of an entity in the eyes of the law that it is a communicating device or a communication device so whenever you are getting uh, to access any particular activity from uh, a device you have to follow some basic uh, security practices now what are those security practices initially say internet started more with emails people found a very convenient way to uh send out uh, emails compared to the telegram telex or even the postal mails that were prevalent then the state of uh, communications in many countries including ours was really poor and email enabled uh, you know instant uh, receipt any uh, instant sending an instant receipt to whatever was a destination anywhere in the globe before that you know it involved cost whether you send a telegram or a telex abroad and even uh, postal services that were very unreliable now today if you look at all of that email has almost been relegated to you know one of the uh, you know you can say the last thing that uh, people are really bothered about it's it's a way of life it's a kind of a digital habit that everyone has imbibed uh, themselves with beyond the emails you know uh, I, i still remember in 2000 uh, the indian information technology act was passed uh, and then you know in 2001 uh, we were uh, talk- talking about how we should be looking at introducing digital certificates in the country so 2000 one you can imagine possibly you would have just started school or something like that now that was a point of time when we were talking about how digital certificates can be brought in because that would enable e-commerce in the country and people had uh, even people in very high positions in the government had no clue about what would be the response how many people would want to come Anyway, digital certificates enabled e-commerce coming in, and then in 2004 onwards, 
the phenomena of social media started and since then the jump has been phenomenal facebook is a, a 2004 uh, started uh, activity beyond facebook and now to whatsapp and uh, twitter and every every other uh, bit of uh, uh, platforms where more, many people are actually uh, starting their uh, digital habits or or rather you can say the digital initiation that happens through a uh, social media but those things were not there in the past so as this 15 16 years and now as i say it is 25 years of internet in india access has changed in a lot of places and access has also become secure so in while accessing initially with an email with, to an email you would have only had a password which you know generally you would have been told to intelligently put something so that uh, someone didn't uh, intelligently guess it someone around you couldn't guess it around you because a lot of people have the habit of putting a password which is you know either the spouse name or some numbers or birth date whatever like that that should be guessed then came the practice of you know two factor authentication so along with password you get a dynamic uh, one time password otp that we call particularly with banking when reserve bank made it mandatory today anyone does a banking transaction he needs a two factor authentication and then of course you know you have biometric uh, accesses iris accesses all of that that's also happening in uh, many cases so what's most important is that you have to always guard your access that access is something that you should never share with anyone you should never write it down in a piece of uh, paper and keep lot of people write the password in a piece of paper keep in the wallet lot of people share it with their friends or uh, family so you know that that's a phenomenon that has led to a lot of people being impacted uh, even otp today you will find in many cases that a lot of people share their otp also sometimes you know with friends and all or, or they wouldn't have updated their mobile number so an otp goes to a wrong place of course uh, biometrics uh, by and large uh, Uh, you know, it's a unique feature to oneself, so that ensures that authentication is uh, uh, correctly done. So access becomes very important in the first place for anyone, a layman to the most sophisticated man. That access method and mechanism should never be shared with anyone. So this is the first thumb rule that I would lay for anyone to understand. So once you have an access you also need to get into the habit of you know some safe browsing practices you know whether it is uh, uh, social media whether it is just even browsing the internet for getting information or whether you know you uh, try to do some kind of a transaction and all so the degree of uh, that alertness for safe browsing that increases with uh, the activity that you are doing for example when you are searching information for any particular aspect or any particular say, film or any particular uh, you know books or something like that they are something uh, that uh, very general you know 
but whenever you are going through a banking transaction or you are going to do some shopping and all then you automatically try and go to a secure site so if you look at every website you would have an http you know double slash colon so there automatically you shift from an http to an https that hypertext transfer protocol s stands for security so that adds the secured socket layer that brings in security I don't want to go into that details because your uh, you know listeners and audience would be of a very 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 uh, level but what i can tell is that that it becomes very imperative to observe is if that is there because that secures you or to a bit of encryption that uh, you know you get protected so that access or or your you know having browsing habit or your browsing practice becomes determinant on the activity that you are so then of course you know you are never uh, as i said you know you never share your uh, information with anyone if anyone is asking you information from you which are very personal in nature you should never provide them you should never uh, ever part with them because it's, it's it's something that one has to remember as an analogy to the physical world you are at home you have a gate you have a bell when someone presses the bell and you see him then you are giving an access so you have the time and the means to determine whether that person has access to your house or not here on the internet where you can't decide you know whether the person on the other side is actually a true person or a genuine person or impersonating or something if you see a lottery you know invitation if you see something that you feel someone is asking for your information you should immediately your alarm bells should ring that i cannot uh, share my information and anyway, this is the basic thumb rule to this days you know I, i don't know what is the profile of most of your viewers is it all india or not but if, since you are uh, from the northeast i can say that most of the cases or calls that i get from from many elderly people in the northeast are uh, kind of a trick where people gullibly pass on their information that they should not and then immediately after that you know um money is taken from the bank accounts and all so these are so this is something very very important and you should never part any of your personal information at any point of time with anyone nobody is no banks are allowed to ask and no bank will ask as as they also try to secure their own customers etc so access becomes important safe browsing habits become important and then you cannot or you should not share your personal information with anyone whatever purpose i think if these three things very basic uh, way people try to remember they would generally stay safe uh, from uh, you know the cyber criminals you should be like aware of the situation and you should act accordingly so uh, like how different groups are remaining vulnerable to this uh, particularly the women and children so you see uh women and children and even i would say sometimes the elderly people they always remain vulnerable in cyber space as been seen not only in india but across the country uh, across the world you know they they are 
uh, first and foremost you know children are very attracted towards the devices uh, in most of the countries 13 years is a kind of an age a bracket where the access to the digital space is allowed but few other countries also put it to 15 nowadays parents are forced to even part with their devices to a 4 year old 5 year old many even give uh, uh, you know little over an infant mobile devices so that you know they don't cry and they eat you know so this this digital imbibition or digital uh, entry is going to far more vulnerable age groups and anyway but coming to the question that you have put uh, women and children i have to be very careful why because there are a lot of predators and lot of you know social evils that have been associated with these uh, groups they have found a better way they have found a far much more harmless way to come and target the women and the children there are a lot of uh, bullying cases there are uh, particularly with women there there are a lot of uh, cases where photographs are morphed with you know some new pictures and everything and put up and all so as far as children are concerned even uh, the instances of child pornography or initiating the child uh, to contend that the child uh, should not be uh, uh, you know witnessing or viewing so these are some of the activities that are being tried by predators and anti social elements who find that because of the internet and the you know geographical anonymity they can access you they can reach out to you from any part of the world and you know and find a many in you know, a dubious methods many innocuous methods by which you know gullibly they will uh, you know target uh, these groups and as a result of uh, which uh, people are impacted uh, so if you see today even in india uh, the home ministry portal for cyber crime cybercrime.gov.in uh i'll come on you know how how everything is looked at in india a little bit later but i'll tell you that even in the portal cybercrime.gov.in there is a separate uh, you know column about reporting cybercrime about women and children that that is that is the first concern and then uh, report other cybercrimes but this was not something that was there even you know 5 6 years back this is a recent phenomenon and so there was always a confusion that if you had a cyber attack where do you go do you go to a policeman do you have an online uh, complaint lodging mechanism people used to be confused and as you can understand policemen you know are generally not trained uh, for you know cyber crime they are they've uh, been trained for crimes and cyber crimes require a certain degree of sophistication and a little bit of technical knowledge too yeah so uh, what has been seen is that women and children need special attention and that is reflected in the portal secondly uh, even the laws that we have the information technology act of 2000 which was amended in the year 2008 as special provisions to look at uh, you know the women and the children 
if you look at uh, the provisions so cyber crimes of all forms are covered as criminal acts uh, in the it act from section 66 uh, 266 f with section 66 a being removed uh, for a supreme court judgment in uh, 2015 but as far as women and children are concerned you know the provisions specifically 67 67a 67b uh, where uh, women could be impacted or even 66e you know like if the private part of uh, an individual is put across on the net and also you know what is the repression and what is the uh, fines or penalty as well as the imprisonment and those are different but for children section 67 b explicitly comes about how do you protect about child pornography and how uh, you deal with it and going further last year uh, the rajasabha chairman and the vice president of india venkai naidu ji had got an informal group of mps to look at the impact of uh, you know all this uh, nonsense content on the internet and even they have come up with about 40 recommendations about how children can be protected likewise you know the case of women you know who are regularly facing threats bullying and as i told you about uh, many many cases where you know the morphing and everything happens so all all of that are find special attention so once you face a problem like this you should immediately report to the cybercrime.gov.in portal of the government they refer it to the respective police in whichever state in the country and then it is investigated and then action taken by and large over all these years the police forces across the country have also improved on their you know cyber investigation capabilities also so there isn't any uh, you know uh, Uh, fear that if uh, even if you make a complaint, police won't be able to decipher and all. There is a huge degree of cooperation also that happens among the various police forces and uh, you know the certain of the government of India. And by and large, uh, you know the redressal of all these uh, grievances and particularly attending to these criminal acts are undertaken. Okay, so this was very informative because many will, I guess, many will be unaware about the fact that how and um, where they should report. So uh, this was very informative. Yes. Yeah. So yes, uh, top companies they have enough financial support to invest in cyber security, but the individual users and also the small enterprises, small to medium enterprises, they don't have that enough budget. So, what would be their first line of defense to combat such issues? So, you know, it starts from the fact that whatever device you are using, for example, if you are having a mobile device, then by most of the people are now browsing internet, rather uh, uh, doing all their you know online activities, social media, browsing all through the mobile device. That's increasing initially. It used to be a desktop. Now, mobile. Computing has taken over even in this country. So, by and large, the operating system and whatever is available on your device takes care of the last mile, you know, security problem. So you regularly get the updates that keep on coming, whether it's your Android or your iPhone. And then, uh, you know, once you download them, that generally keeps you 
secure but as a practice also you know as an individual also one must be a little bit careful about what are the uh, sites or activities that one is uh, doing but what is important is that when you are moving beyond you know to a desktop or something then it is expected that you also subscribe to an intrusion protection or you know earlier it used to be known more as antivirus a little bit more than antivirus you know where you have a, a software port that is available from whoever is the reputed vendor or somebody and then that is also keep on updating uh, on its own if you set the protocols or you have to do it on a regular basis so the most important aspect to remember is that uh, one has to be always on one's guard in trying to do that now the question that you ask about companies having money and individuals uh, not having money but that doesn't uh, entail that people actually should go for pirated software or whatever you know because that again elements to uh, or adds to your element of risk because you are not going to get the support uh, from the vendors from which you are buying uh, intrusion protection or intrusion protection systems so a minimum investment is always required out of everyone to be able to browse the net if you are buying a, a 20000 rupees mobile phone uh, you know you you also have to see that that 20000 also factors in the security part the good part is that the mobile device companies the operating system that you have that takes care of that now when you are doing a desktop and all by and large you know they also bundle out but nowadays you know you also have to pay and take it so ultimately it rests upon you how you protect yourself a basic minimum investment you have to do and also you have to be uh keep yourself aware and you also you have to have the basic understanding of the importance of cyber security and therefore you will keep yourself when you will keep yourself aware then you won't be facing such uh, data breaches and uh, whatever like information uh, exploitation issues okay so sir please tell us about uh, the cyber laws that is existing in india and the basic laws that one should know yeah so by and large the statement that you've made is that if you follow the basic uh, you know uh, security habits so you know i would say a certain cyber hygiene you know practice if you do uh, about you know following some of the basic steps uh, then by and large you won't be attacked but however there are very many times that you see that you know you have got an email we generally would call them phishing emails you know ph i s h i n g you know basically they are almost like a mirror of a particular well established brand say you know you have a, a particular bank you know icci or state bank or something and mail comes which almost looks the same a lot of people don't observe somewhere a minor difference would be there so they go and click and next moment you know they uh, you know they are basically a victim of uh, that phishing attack and then next moment you know they lose money and whatever happened so most of the time you will be protected if you are following the protocol there might be occasion that mindfully you do it or you know you are uh, you know sent a email that uh, looks like uh, you know almost a normal email from a 
operator or someone else, you click and then you get infected. So one has to be careful on that. But coming to your point around laws, as I told you, the Information Technology Act was specifically it's the cyber laws that was started on 17th October 2000. And uh, then after that, it was uh, amended in 2008, and then uh, the amended act came into place from uh, February 2009. Now, in that act, initially the act was intended primarily not only for, from a you know or almost not looking at only cyber crime, but to facilitate e-commerce and e-governance in the country. In 2008, when it was amended, the scope and provisions that are there for cyber laws, they have been increased uh, and expanded significantly. And then, uh, you know, along with that, there are rules of, you know, implementation or uh, you can even call them the Information Technology Act rules. So a mixture of the law and the rules and the other laws that are prevalent in the country, the Indian Penal Code, IPC, that is used for crimes, they also work together, you know, when you deal with the cyber crimes. So by and large, within the uh, IT Act's provisions, your, you know, various forms of cyber crimes are taken care of. For example, you know, if someone is uh, has stolen your device and is using your device to send some, uh, you know, uh, filthy messages to somebody else, uh, you know, someone has impersonated and uh, created an account and has been sending something like that. You know, someone uh, who is uh, stealing your password and, you know, electronic uh, uh, signatures. Someone is putting across the private areas of individuals and someone is doing cyber crimes that have national security considerations. So that is defined as cyber terrorism. So these are the criminal part. You know, you know that criminal uh, acts are acts where it is an offense against the state. But besides the criminal act, uh, to even uh, clarify this further, that there are various kinds of activities that one can do using a device, as I narrated some of them. Now, if there is not a criminal element, but you know a kind of a, you can say a civil uh, violation or contravention, then these are defined under Section 43A to H of the IT Act. Those my provisions from A, B, C, D to H, they're very clearly defined about how your content in your computer, uh, you know, how an unauthorized access to that is, uh, you know, punishable and, uh, you know, you are bound to get compensation from that and how such acts, if they are done dishonestly and fraudulently, the criminal element comes in. From these few days, you would have heard very much about data protection, data protection law, you know, all, all of that uh, data protection bill is uh, lying with the expert committee of parliament. Now, the importance of data, you know, as you might have heard, data is the new oil or someone saying data is like water. So these things are all increasing over a period of time with usage. So you have questions, you have the cyber crimes. And uh, for all of them, 
provisions are there within the IT Act to deal with them. Then on top of it, you have those uh, provisions under Section 67, 67A, 67B, which by and large deals with you know sexual content or obscene materials on the internet and that also involving the children and all. Again, there are very stringent punishment in each of the things. Then you also have the rules or law that governs the intermediaries. Now, what is an intermediary? Any particular platform that allows you to communicate or do an activity is an intermediary. So Facebook is an intermediary under the Indian law. Your Amazon.com from where you will be buying things, a Flipkart, all of them are intermediaries. So in Facebook, by which you are communicating with others. And the role that Facebook has to play and Facebook cannot get involved in all that is also well defined under section 79. So they get a reprieve, you know, that if they didn't have or if that facilitator or intermediary didn't have a role in the inception, transmission and reception of a content in their network, they are not liable. But otherwise, the sender of a person uh, and the receiver of a content in some cases, they themselves become liable. As I mentioned to you, you know, if they do one of those things like, you know, like sending up some things or uh, trying to, uh, you know, steal passwords, etc, etc. Besides that, after the 2008 amendment, the government also have the powers under section 69, 69A and 69B to monitor and block contents. Under section 69 of the IT Act, if the government feels the need to intercept, uh, decrypt uh, any particular content, then it can appoint an agency. There are very well laid out rules so that no misuse happens. They can even do that. Under section 69A, even blocking of particular content is possible. So you might have even recently read about uh, TikTok and a few other apps being yeah, blocked uh, by the government. They've all been done under Section 69A of the Act. So these are some of the basic laws that uh, someone needs to know. But you see, it's you know it's something that no one would uh, generally take an interest uh, in terms of understanding some of. Uh, this provision so by and large uh, one must be you know adhering to some best practices uh, so that one remains safe as well as uh, keeps the whole medium safe and others safe so you know if you are indulging in a cyber crime then you will be liable and uh, similarly if somebody else tries to do that to you even uh, he or she will be liable but the onus falls upon every individual to have a disciplined usage of the medium so that it by and large remains uh, free, safe and uh, available for everyone to browse. Okay sir, so there has been some issues with internet. So am I visible now? Yeah, yeah. Am I audible? You are. Yeah, okay sir. So the, my next question is, please tell us something like about uh, the global nature of the cyber crimes and how they are being dealt with. So, as I said earlier, that you know, geography is a non-entity in 
cyberspace. Yes. So in a particular cyber crime, you might see five or six countries are getting involved. For example, you are sitting in Guwahati or uh, you know somewhere in the northeast. A particular cyber attacker in Brazil, he is targeting you. He is poofing and using the network, say, of uh, China, and then you know he is uh, primarily using bots or infected computers, says one in Philippines, maybe one in US, and then you know they are coming and attacking you or your computer. So, so you know, so that whole involvement of so many people uh, is so. Uh, I, I would say not only complex, but it happens in real time and in no time. So, so this is the global nature of the crime. You would have seen a few days back a Twitter uh, account of some of the big people, uh, you know, getting hacked for yeah, some time. Yeah, if you happening. see, three people have been uh, caught. Uh, you know, the main uh, guy is a 17-year-old guy in Florida, in US, but parallelly uh, uh, with him. Um, a person in uh, UK and another person in uh, some other country, all three of them were involved. So this is how the whole game happens, that uh, crime today doesn't get restricted within the uh, national boundaries. It can happen from anyone because uh, it's uh, all IP-based uh, communication that happens. And the whole, uh, you know, uh, internet or you can say the medium is a global village. Everyone can uh, communicate with everyone provided you know they have the uh, connectivity or, or the reach out to do so. Okay, so how is Digital India looking into cyber security? Uh, that's a very good question. So you might have seen Digital India as a flagship program yeah. of uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi's government. And, uh, Last month, on the 1st of July, it completed five years of its existence. So what is uh, Digital India? Digital India broadly wants to expand and build the infrastructure that facilitates, you know, uh, a digital India coming in place. That means the last mile connectivity up to the panchayats uh, and of course on the cities and everywhere. Every, every bit of the country has to be connected. Uh, by and large by optical fibers and broadband and then of course wireless and all to the so that's one aspect then you have the various applications uh, you know that are facilitated which allows uh, a lot of the activities you know whether it is uh, the uh, payment systems like Beam and other things or even your uh, browsing activities or your shopping activities or your web portals that allow education or telemedicines all of it's a different kinds of application the whole content and the software that goes along with the hardware that is done now all of that expansive media cyber security is a very very important step you might have seen a few years back a concept of digital locker has been established by which you know you could keep your sensitive uh, documents stored uh, uh, on, on the internet. Uh, then, you know, you have uh, a big push to ensure that while you are building up these networks and all, you have levels of cybersecurity 
uh, the technical aspect of protection built in everywhere. The third aspect is to see that proper training, proper orientation is given to the uh, users and also the facilitators of the backend element so that at no point uh, an element of risk is there. So the beauty of the Digital India program is that cybersecurity is an essential ingredient of Digital India so that everyone is safe and secure while expanding their activities on the internet. So please uh, throw some light on the future innovation of cyber security globally so, or in our, yeah. So what is uh, important to note and you know, you are a student of uh, that area so you know that you know the future is moving towards a lot of artificial intelligence, a lot of machine learning, a lot into you know blockchain, uh, you know deep learning, all this kind of things, the good side where you use and even say quantum computing. So you are using all of these technology strengths to basically improve on your, you know, uh, digital presence or uh, digital empowerment. So not a lot are going to be dependent upon all of this artificial intelligence, and machine learning are being fostered big time by the Niti and also a lot of institutions across the country are specifically looking at how to use artificial intelligence to enhance productivity, to optimize uh, a lot of uh, possibilities that are there and you all have an indication you know when you see that if, if something you uh, looked at uh, Facebook and you know later you would find a lot of similar stuff being put across in the ads that come to you. So these are uh, activities that even within the country also a lot of focus is coming on artificial intelligence so that you optimize your resources, you optimize your time, you optimize your habits. You are moving a big time into blockchain technology but blockchain technology in many ways is helping reduce a lot of frauds it is helping to improve the banking system and you know and so while bitcoin still remain a big issue uh, and you know and it is still not allowed it's uh, uh, not uh, uh, something that uh, has still passed the regulatory approval in india and i don't think it's going to happen soon but if you see blockchain it's uh, being looked at at a far much more uh, uh, you know, uh, I would say encompassing way for the banking sector and other uh, sectors where authentication and uh, you know, I would say digital footprints are far much established in the economy. And of course, you know, you can see the uh, extent to which even quantum computing is moving ahead. ahead. Uh, the best part about India is that uh, some of the best of the uh, companies globally, the tech giants have all invested in India. The last few months, even during COVID, you would have seen in Geo, Facebook has invested, Google has invested. So these are some of the stories that which reinforce the story about there is a big future for the Indian uh, tech industry, the Indian digital space, and you know, and all of that would be by harnessing technology by advancing technology by doing a lot of R&D into the 
leave our respect for technology. Your voice is gone. That was on mute. Sorry. Uh, okay, sir. So we have come to the end of the session. Uh, let me see if there is any question from our audience. Okay. So yes, they well found out it's very interesting and informative, as I have said. And yes, the session was very informative. Honestly, personally, I have learned many things. And I guess when they will be watching it after I posted the live session. I guess they will actually learn many things about cybersecurity and it's an important aspect in this technological era that is growing so rapidly. So thank you so much, sir, so, for joining us. Yeah. Maybe I'll add one. Yeah, sure, sir. Yeah. As a, as a yeah. kind of a lesson for everyone, as a, a kind of a, you can say advice is that. Despite everything, you might still have a cyber attack that happens to you. Either your bank account, uh, you know, has been hacked, or your email has been hacked, or your social media has been hacked. Or something has come up. And you know? one thing you must know that, as I said, you know, your access must be to yourself and not shared. Your personal information must never be shared. But along with that, if you have had a financial loss from your account and some shopping somebody has taken or somewhere you realize that you have lost. But if within 72 hours of such an activity you have reported to the bank concern or the institution concern or to a police station, then you are going to get back that money. So, you know, the most important aspect to remember is that you must immediately when you realize that something has happened, by and large, most of, of and you know their banks and all are, are mandatorily required to keep a mobile number of uh, an account holder. So the moment you ever have uh, an attack, you must immediately uh, you know notify the institution and the police. Then you would be safe. Otherwise, if it is beyond 72 hours, then uh, you know there are time frames within which a certain amount of the money you might get and even you might not get. So that's something as an advice I would give you. You know, most people do not know that. Yeah, yeah. Even I didn't, even I didn't know that. So there, that was really very uh, powerful, dynamic and informative session. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Giving your precious time.